Pizza, pizza, pizza time. The official pizza of the Shock Fantasy Podcast is 7th Avenue Pizza. This is soda-style thin crust at its absolute best. It's not that crappy thin crust. It's solid crust integrity here. Not too thick, not too thin. The sauce was derived from an ancient recipe passed down from the Norse gods. And the cheese, oh, 100% primo cheese on these pies. You can pick your toppings as well. There's your conventional pepperoni or sausage, but there's also five cheese, Mexican, meatball, and pepperoni. Even a bacon cheeseburger za for you. My favorite, though, is the Lucky 7. Italian sausage, pepperoni, beef, Canadian bacon, and three types of cheese. Dang it, my mouth is watering just talking about it. I might need to go fire up the oven and make myself one before the podcast. Find your 7th Avenue pizzas at High V, Cub Foods, Lunds and Byerly's, and Holiday Station stores. And go follow them on Twitter at 7th Avenue Pizza. Let them know Shock Fantasy steered you toward their amazing za. Ahoy, Shock Fantasy fans. This is Matt Harrison. And before the show begins, I have three jobs for you. First, please take a look at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the Shock Fantasy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Second, wherever you're listening, give me a rating and a review for the show. If you include your Twitter handle in the review, we might send you something fun in the mail. We do that periodically. And third, if you haven't yet subscribed to the season pass of Shock Fantasy, you should. You get 365 days of the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which gives you stats and info to set all of your weekly lineups, including DFS lineups. The redraft and dynasty trade value charts, so you never get taken to the cleaners in a trade. Our waiver wire content each week. The Super Bowl, Thanksgiving, and NFL draft prop bet games so you can make friendly wagers with your family and friends at the most important football gatherings and preseason cheat sheets for basically every kind of fantasy football imaginable. You'd be getting those for next year. Now, all of that curated color coded data comes to you for only $40 for a full year. That's 76.9 cents per week. But if you act now and use the promo code AirBear. You get the whole year for only 25 bucks. That's promo code AIRBEAR, A-I-R-B-E-A-R, for those of you who are brave spellers. Enter that at checkout and we'll knock off $15. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. It is Tuesday afternoon. This is Matt Harrison, assistant coach of the St. Michael Albertville Knights boys soccer team who are playing tonight against the Wyzetta Trojans in the Minnesota State High School League boys soccer tournament at the AAA level, the highest level, the big schools. Oh boy, here we go. We're going to be a little David Goliath thing tonight. We're going to knock off those big Trojans. Here we go. But first, we start with the Todd Heap Memorial Injury Report. I am the smartest man alive! Okay, I guess you are. 
Um, well, something smarts on Ryan Tannehill. He only missed one snap last week, but was seen in a walking boot with an ankle or foot injury. This one's definitely one to keep an eye on. We'll talk a little bit more about this situation later. Matt Ryan injured his shoulder, but it feels like his heart may be more bruised. He's been benched for Sam Ellinger. Brees Hall was the big news this week. He tore his ACL. He will miss the rest of the year. Mike Boone was placed on IR with an ankle injury for the Broncos. Chuba Hubbard exited the game early for Carolina with an ankle injury. DK Metcalf had an issue with his patellar tendon. It looks like he'll be missing several weeks for the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett was already dealing with a hamstring injury of his own. Amon Ross St. Brown was sidelined with a possible concussion last week, uh, was ruled out of last Sunday's game, but it appears that he might not have even had a concussion. We'll know more very soon on Amon Ross St. Brown. Mike Williams also came down with an ankle injury, which was now deemed to be the dreaded high ankle sprain. It seems like Keenan Allen may be very close to a return for the Chargers, but Josh Palmer missed last week already. So the Chargers are exceptionally thin at wide receiver. Another team that's thin at the wide receiver position is the Packers, where Alan Lazard left last week's game with a shoulder injury. Uh, Sammy Watkins just returned from IR. Christian Watson was out last week. Randall Cobb has been banged up. It's been been a little weird over there in Green Bay this year without Devontae Adams, to say the least. Nico Collins left the game for the Texans with a groin injury. Corey Davis left the game for the Jets with a knee injury. David Njoku looks like he'll miss a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Dalton Schultz tweaked his knee again. Keep an eye on his status if you're forced to start him. Couple offensive linemen that uh, will affect some uh, some players in fantasy. The Giants tackle Evan Neal is expected to miss about a month with a sprained knee. That will hurt Saquon Barkley the most. And Jets lineman Elijah Vera Tucker will miss significant time with an elbow injury. It could be the season for him. That's not good for the Jets prospects there. But we're going to find you some prospects that could help you out. Let's start with quarterback. This is kind of a good quarterback week, especially if you're in a super flex league. Uh, We're going to start with Sam Ellinger, who's 1% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Ellinger will be the biggest pickup of the week in the super flex leagues. Make no mistake. The second year quarterback who is picked in the sixth round is not going to be mistaken for one of those big armed quarterbacks that went in the 2021 draft. But what Ellinger possesses is some wheels. He's Kind of like Patches O'Houlihan in the pocket where he's always finding a way to dodge, duck, dip, dive, or dodge. Point is, he's pretty mobile. He extends the play. And his arm, while it's not the cannon that Carson Wentz had last year or Matt Ryan possessed this year, it's decent enough to get the ball off. The Colts said he has the job for the rest of the year already. Uh, Over Matt Ryan, over Nick Foles. Frank Reich obviously sees something here that may resurrect the season for the Colts and or save his own job. If you need a spark at QB, this guy could be the one. I'll throw 25% on Ellinger this week in Superflex Leagues. Malik Willis is 1% rostered. Depending on Tannehill's ankle injury, we could see Willis's first ever start this week against Houston. If that happens, he'll likely win big against the Texans, who can't stop the run at all and have faced exactly one running quarterback all season. That was Justin Fields. He went for 47 yards on the ground. 
Maybe it'll be a one-game thing. Maybe it will be more. Who knows? But I'd throw 10% on Willis in Superflex if you're desperate at the quarterback position. Last guy I'll mention at the quarterback position is Daniel Jones. He's 41% rostered. It's time that we start paying attention now, but not because he's throwing dimes, because the theme of the week is to invest in running quarterbacks. Currently, Jones trails only Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields in quarterback rushing yards. He's at about 49 per game, and he's had three rushing touchdowns on the year. His passing isn't great, but neither is Jalen Hurts, and he's a top-five quarterback right now. Actually, Danny Dimes and Jalen Hurts have the exact same amount of touchdown passes at six and the exact same amount of interceptions thrown at two this year. Now, the Eagles have had their bye, and the Giants have not, so one more game for Danny Dimes, but it's time to throw 12% on Daniel Jones. Moving on. Running back. Running back time. All right. Deonta Foreman. I think it's Donta Foreman. I always get that one wrong. He's 50% rostered with McCaffrey now in San Francisco and Chuba Hubbard in the cupboard with an ankle injury. Foreman is the foremost option in the Panthers' backfield. Now, granted, CMC wasn't performing at peak efficiency this year behind this offensive line with the quarterbacks, all that stuff. And you can't expect anything close to his numbers out of Foreman. But he can be like 60% of Christian McCaffrey. And if he's that, he's a 70-yard-per-game kind of guy with a coin flip's chance at a touchdown. And that's worth something in fantasy leagues. He's a starting running back in the NFL, so I'd throw 11% on Foreman. James Robinson is 87% rostered, and Michael Carter is 67% rostered. Uh, Robinson was traded from the Jaguars to the Jets on Monday after Brees Hall's diagnosis was confirmed. The knee-jerk reaction, pardon the pun, is that Robinson is going to be the guy people covet more, but he was actually losing ground in Jacksonville, possibly because his Achilles just still isn't 100% right. Robinson might be tired, but Michael Carter is wired. He's not injured. He was one of Pro Football Focus's highest-graded tackle breakers last season, and he knows the offense. Specifically this week, he'll be the guy to turn to. He's got some serious bell cow potential while Robinson fills in as the eight-touch-ish kind of change of pace back. If Carter is out there, I'd throw 14% on him, only 6% on Robinson if somebody dropped him in your league. The next guy is Gus Edwards. He's 44% rostered, and that's Charch's guy. Gus should steer the backfield for the foreseeable future in Baltimore, at least until he gets dinged up like all Ravens backs do. Now that Dobbins is on the shelf for about a month, he's got a chance here. I'm a little nervous that it's, as always, a backfield by committee in Baltimore. My taste says not to pick him up, but you might be desperate. And if you are, you'll probably need to blow 8% or more on Gus Edwards just to get him on your roster. Wide receiver. Marquise Goodwin is 2% rostered. You may remember from Goodwin from uh, years past in San Francisco, but without looking, what team does Marquise Goodwin play for? Ah, Maybe you've deduced this from the injury report, but he's in Seattle now, and he might be the number one wide receiver for the Seahawks suiting up this week. Metcalf, we know, is out. Lockett is dealing with a hamstring injury, and Goodwin showed up in a big way with two scores last week against the Chargers. There's only two teams on bye this week, so you might not need a wide receiver as much, but Matchups in week 9 and 10 against Arizona and Tampa are pretty juicy. He's a good stash for those at least. 7% on keys. 
Wandale Robinson is 29% rostered. I believe I highlighted him a little bit last week. He's simply the only exciting receiver in town for the Giants, and his legend is growing. Last week, he saw eight targets from Dimes, managed six catches, and 50 yards. The week before, he found the end zone. Seattle is a decent opponent this week. Let's see if they can keep up with his speed, though. I'd throw 8% on Robinson. Briefly, Romeo Dobbs is being dropped at an incredible rate. He's likely the wide receiver one for the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Uh, And this coming after Rodgers basically called out his entire team for not playing very well and making mistakes. Uh, Granted, it is the Bills this week, so it's not quite a get-right game, but he should still be rostered if people go astray. I still also believe in Alec Pierce, even though there's a change in quarterback and he didn't have the greatest week last week. Moving on. Tight end. Greg Dulcich is 13% rostered. He's played exactly two games in the NFL. They've both been pretty good. Last week, he was targeted nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Uh, Six catches for 51 yards on that. It's the tight end wasteland. And this seems like a guy you could roster. Should only take 3% to pick him up. And really, if you're in one of those tight end needy teams where you've gone below the top three or four tight ends, you should probably be rostering a whole bunch of these guys and just playing the matchups every given week. Kate Otten is another one that you could use in that sort of uh, sense. He's 14% rostered. I mentioned him last week too. He seems something like five to six targets per game. The Bucks are eventually going to right the ship, right? <coughs> Kate Otten should only cost you a buck to pick him up. Finally, Noah Fant is 12% rostered. One of these guys is not like the others. Fant is a former first-round pick. While he was a bit disappointing last week, and I kind of stood on a soapbox for him on Fantasy Football Weekly, I'll still stand by him, especially with all the Seattle wide receivers going down at about the same time. There's just fewer options in the Seattle passing game, so the funnel should go his direction this week against New York, and it should only cost you $2 to get Noah Fant. That is it. That is the podcast for Waiver Wire week number eight. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow to preview the Baltimore Ravens and Tampa Bay Buccaneers Thursday night matchup. Thursday nighters are getting a little bit better. That's fun to see. We get uh, Lamar and the Goat. That'll be a great game to watch, I'm sure, on Thursday night. The Bucks, man, they sure need to get something going, don't they? We got to do one of these. Throw me a freaking bone here. Well, maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow on fan, er, not fantasy football weekly. What the heck is this? This is the Shock Fantasy Podcast. You're listening to it. I'm-